Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're studying the Gospel of John. Today is episode 154. We're looking at John chapter 14, verses 8 through 14. Let's read the passage. Lord said, Philip, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been among you all this time, and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Well, this is continuing the narrative of the Last Supper. And Jesus has been giving him some really troubling news, talking about his coming death, talking about his departure. They don't get it that he's talking about death. But he's talked about leaving them, and they're very concerned about leaving. Peter has said, no, no, we'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus said, no, no, you can't do that. Then he started talking about going to the Father. And in my Father's house, there's many rooms, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Then Thomas says, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Now Philip says, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Well, he's picking up on the theme of the Father is Jesus has said, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to prepare a place. My Father's house has many rooms. Philip understands who the Father is. The Father is God. And he's thinking an Old Testament kind of thing or an appearance of some kind of physical appearance of God. And that would be really neat. Well, that would be really scary because if you actually look in the Old Testament, uh, whenever you have an appearance of God, the people fall flat on their face, afraid they're going to die. But we still think, wouldn't that be neat to have some kind of appearance like that? And Philip's the same thing. Yeah, show, us, show us the Father, and that's all we need. But Jesus rebukes him, says, Have I been among you all this time, and you do not know me, Philip? The one who's seen me has seen the Father. Now, there's a rebuke there. You still don't get it. You've been with me a while. You've been with me two or three years, and you still don't get it. Well, no, he doesn't get it. None of them get it. And so he's he's explaining more to them. He says, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. Now, this is a simple statement, but it is so packed with theology, with truth, with implications of this this. Intimacy, it's not just an intimacy of Jesus the Son and God the Father, but it's uh, interrelation. It's uh, they reveal each other. And so he then chastises them. How can you say, show us the Father? You are part of a group who know me better than anybody else. You're one of the twelve. And the one who's not really part of that group has already left. So you guys, the remaining 11, you are the disciples. You are the apostles. You guys know more than anybody. So how can you say, show us the Father? 
And he goes on and says, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? So he's talking about this interrelationship, this interrevelation uh, that each reveals the other. Then he goes on and says, the words I speak to you, I do not speak of my own. So here he's talking about the words. So we've heard this kind of stuff. The words I say, they're really the words from the Father. So he's talking about the words, what I actually say. But then he says, the Father who lives in me does his works. So now we have the words and the works. And they're both. You have the words, but you also have the works. The things Jesus says, but also the things Jesus does. And what Jesus is saying here is that the words that I say, that they're from the Father. The works that I do are really the works of the Father being done through me. And so both of these, the words of Jesus, the works of Jesus are all revealing God. They're revealing God the Father, but they're also revealing God the Son, who he is. Now, verse 11, he says, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Often, there's the challenge to believe in me, and we'll actually see that down in verse 12. Here he doesn't say believe in me, he says believe me. And what's the difference there? One, when he's believe me, he says believe the words I'm saying. Believe the things, believe the facts. And there is an element of faith that is believing certain things. Now, believing is more than that. Faith is more than just believing a list of things, but there is a list of things that is to be believed. So we believe what Jesus says, and that leads to believing in Jesus, actually placing our faith in him. So he says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. So if you're not going to believe what I say, then believe because of what you've seen. And that's the reason he has done the miracles, is to authenticate that what he says is true. And of course, we don't have the, the greatest authentication uh, of all time yet in the, in the narrative here. That'll come in a couple of days, the resurrection. That's where we know we can believe what Jesus said because of the resurrection Nobody has a resurrection in their storyline, and so that's why we put our faith in Jesus. In verse 12, we have another one of these, Truly I tell you, amen, amen, I say to you. This is important. Pay attention. Now he starts talking about prayer here. He's been talking about his words, his works, the interrelation between he and the Father. Now he's putting it into a practical application of prayer. He says, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So here he's saying, if you can't believe what I'm saying, then believe because of what you've seen. What you've seen me do, the miracles you have seen. And we immediately think of things like walking on the water, the feeding of the 5,000, you know, the most amazing thing of all, raising Lazarus from the dead, giving sight to the blind man, all these things. We, we think those are, the, those are some impressive works. And so the one who believes me will do 
the works that I do and even greater works? Well, it's pretty hard to top uh, giving sight to a blind man and raising Lazarus from the dead. So what does he mean here? Now notice he links it to because I'm going to the Father. I am completing my mission here and then I'm going to the Father. And when that happens, I'm leaving my mission with you. And what is Jesus' mission? To die on a cross, pay the penalty of sin, be a sacrifice for sin so that people can have eternal life through faith in him. That's what he's doing. And we have to ask, why is he doing this? It's all about reconciliation. Reconciliation of the lost to the Father. And that's the mission. That's what's going on. The reason Jesus has done these miraculous signs is to authenticate who he is as the basis of faith. Now, there are miraculous signs being done by the the apostles in the book of Acts. But what's the biggest thing we see in the book of Acts? What is the big deal with the book of Acts? It's the the, the mighty works of conversion. That's the greater work. That's continuing the mission of Jesus. And just think about in, in the book of Acts, the, the day of Pentecost, which is only a chapter two of Acts, there are more people added to the faith than during the entire ministry of Jesus. And I think that's what he's referring to with the greater works. They will do greater things. Jesus, his ministry was confined to a fairly small area geographically, but in the book of Acts, we see the the spread of the gospel to far-off places, and then after that, the spread around the world of the gospel. And so that, I think, is referring to the greater works that you will do even greater than what I've done as far as reconciliation of people to the Father. He says here, verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Well, as long as you say in Jesus' name, amen, then we get what we pray for. No, that's not what it means. That's not what it means. This isn't a magic formula to get what you want. It is a promise that he will provide that which is in line with what he wants. Notice what's the purpose. So the Father may be glorified in the Son. So when he talks about praying in his name, it's not a magic formula to get what we want from God. Praying in his name, it, it, it's praying in accordance with all that his name stands for. It begins with praying from a position of faith in Christ. And that prayer gives expression to our oneness with Christ. That prayer is seeking to glorify Christ with the whole purpose of the glory of God. That's what praying in the name of Jesus is about. And so those who believe in him, who pray in his name, are praying along with his will, praying for his mission. And and that's the promise of, ask in accordance with my name, I will provide it. That is, I will empower you to do what I've called you to do. And you need to be praying about that. Asking the Father to enable, empower, enlighten us to do what he's called us to do. And the good news is, he does that. And so it's not a magic formula to get what we want. It is a promise to sustain us in doing what he's called us to do. 
So he's been teaching the uh, disciples here. They're having problems and he's bringing them along because we're just a few hours really from his death and a couple of few days from his resurrection. And so he's trying to impart some last teachings here that uh, those who follow him, those that believe in him, those who believe what he says, they will carry on the mission that he has started and they will carry it in the power of God. Now, they don't get any of this they, and they certainly don't get the, the coming of the Holy Spirit. That won't be for a few days, but we should get it and we should take comfort in the fact that we're carrying on the mission of Jesus and the greater works are the taking the gospel to the lost around the world and seeing people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.